Welcome to the Places Where We Go podcast. Hello, I'm Julie. And I'm Art. Join us as we share our travel stories. We'll tell you about where we've been, what we saw, and what we did. We're always looking for a bit of an adventure. Sometimes we travel far. Sometimes we explore the places close to our home. Wherever we go, we'll let you know about the highlights and top tips to help you plan your future adventures. This is the Places Where We Go podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Places Where We Go, where today we're going to take our focus to Europe. Yeah, we're going to start the first of a multi-podcast series focused on Italy. Travel is opening up again, and if you've never been to Italy... What are you waiting for? We made this trip some time ago, and it remains a fond memory, and we hope to be back someday, Mm -hmm. hopefully sooner than later. And it's one of the most memorable trips that we wanted to share with our audience and hopefully help you plan a trip to Italy. It's the fifth most visited country in the world. We're not going to have a definitive and comprehensive overview today, rather an introduction to our Italy trip and hopefully share a few ideas with you to help you plan a trip there if you've ever thought of going to Italy. As some of you probably have heard, if you've listened to our podcasts in the past, we kind of got a, no, we didn't kind of, we got a travel bug when we went to Ireland many, many years ago. And that created a scenario in our head where we wanted to hit more countries that were within our our scope or our interests. And of course, Italy was one of them. It's a very popular destination spot for vacationers. And it's got a ton of history. And it was just the really neat place to go, the place we wanted to go to. Yeah, and I think at the time that we went... I was coming off a pretty serious medical situation, and that also lit a light bulb for me of the things that we want to do, do them now, because yeah. you don't never know what tomorrow's going to look like. Yeah. And we've been kind of, ever since Ireland and Italy, we've just been traveling kind of nonstop. Yeah. I think Ireland was our first international trip that together. we went together. Yeah. So it just lit a fire under us. Yeah. So we're going to talk about a few things that you want to consider if you're planning a trip to Italy. And we're going to start with how long should you go for? So I think to answer that partly depends on your personal situation, what you can take, be it, you know, off of work. We do suggest that whenever you're able, if you're, especially if you're traveling from the United States and if you're going to be spending money for a plane ticket anyways, Get as much mileage as you can, Mm -hmm. but recognizing people's schedules are different, we're going to break it up in this way. If you have less than a week, then we would say focus on one city or arrange to hit just the highlights in multiple cities. If you have a little longer than a week, that's going to allow you to do a deeper dive into specific cities that you may be interested in. And our trip was about 10 days when we went. So we'll, we'll take you through what we did in upcoming episodes. And if you have several weeks, and that's kind of the way we've been traveling lately on our recent vacations. We, I mean... We try. Yeah. yeah, we try to do three-weekers almost at a time the past mm-hmm. few years, which mm-hmm. has been really nice. And that allows you to do a lot more immersion 
And if you go to Italy and if you've got several weeks, you're going to be able to explore the country much more deeply. So the next question would be, what would be the best time to go? Well, that also is subjective and depends on you. Whenever you can get there. There are a few things that you need to keep in mind. Italy is very popular for European travel and it gets really busy during the peak travel seasons. And that would be May through September. August is normally the busiest month. Summers can get really hot, so bring clothes that are appropriate for that. So the shoulder months or the months that are just before summer or immediately following summer are usually recommended. And if you can fit that into your schedule, that's the best time. This would be April, May before the summer rush or September, October when the crowds are a little bit more manageable. Kids are going back to school in the States. So you have a little less crowding during these times. And that is when we took our trip. Yeah, September, October. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was a great time. It was, I thought, to it was do great. That. Yeah. yeah. If you avoid some of these peak seasons too, you can also probably get a better deal on uh, airlines and the lodging. So the next thing you're going to want to ask yourself is what might your itinerary look like? And I would say... If you've never been to Italy, I think probably the basic place to start is to hit the big popular places. So for that, we're speaking about Rome, Florence, Venice, you've got Milan, and you have Naples. So one or more of those to put into an itinerary would be a great place to start. And then if you've been to Italy before and you want to branch out, you can structure an itinerary that includes the Tuscany area, the uh, Cinque Terre area, the Amalfi Coast is well known for its picturesque coastal region near Naples, or the Northern Italian Lakes region. There's so much to see that when you go there, you're not going to get a chance to see it all on one trip, most likely. So you've got to pick and choose. And when we went, we did the combo of Rome, Florence, and Venice. And I think we did uh, had a very nice chance to sample those places in Mm -hmm. a 10-day itinerary. Mm -hmm. So as a general rule, we would say try not to pack too much in. It's easy to underestimate transit times and getting in and out of airports Mm -hmm. and train stations. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. When should you book your travel, your accommodations, the tours that you take in Italy as early as you possibly can, especially if you're planning to go on those peak travel seasons. Try to book at least six months, but up to 12 months in advance. For the popular areas, such as the Amalfi Coast, that's a very popular area in the summer. For long flights, the best deals are generally found six to 12 months in advance. That's kind of what you found, right? Uh Yeah. So if you're planning on taking some of the transit in the area, the rail bookings can be made up to four months in advance on the high-speed inner city or the standard inner city trains. We found it easy and flexible to get on the rails. And that moment that we were there, we would just show up and get the tickets. And we didn't have problems but we were not in the peak season either. Yeah, so maybe so, that's part of the difference yeah. because we were able to go to a train station. We were able to buy tickets for the main places we wanted to go, no problem. We also had, and we'll, we'll talk about this when we get into the future episodes, we had some trips that we just decided to do on the spot. And it was just easy to go to the train station, say, I want to go here, give them the money, and off we went. So that was pretty easy, I thought. 
Yeah, I thought I thought it worked out very well for us. Yeah. When you're thinking about your flights, this is something that you're more well versed in than I, because you use the different softwares for our flights. So give yeah. us an example of that. So recently, you know, when we were t- thinking about having this discussion on Italy, I went on the computer. We live in the Los Angeles area, greater Los Angeles area. I went to see, hey, if we wanted to go in the coming months from Los Angeles airport to Rome, how much is that going to cost us? And I was finding round trip tickets for as low as $640, the average coming in about $1,000. And that's much less than we paid when we went. So you know, I mean, you can get some amazing travel deals today. I mean, you're, if you're able to get from LA to Italy for less than a thousand dollars, and if you've got the time to do some exploration, and if the whole COVID environment allows you to do the kind of exploration mm-hmm. that you'd like, now might be a great time to go. Yeah, and we usually had at least one layover. Yeah. So here's the thing that I also recommend with the flights is, you know, for us to get from where we live to Italy, a nonstop flight would be somewhere around 13, 14 hours. For me, that's that's way too long to be sitting in a plane seat with the only movement being, you know, to get up to go to the bathroom or stand up next to my seat and stretch my legs. So I like it when we've had the chance to have a layover in New York or New Jersey or someplace else and for a couple of hours get off the plane, move around, stretch because it's such a long flight. Mm -hmm. So my recommendation would be even if you're able to get the nonstop flight, the longer your flight is, you might thank yourself if you break it up and uh, stop somewhere along the way. Well, and we, I did have one issue. Uh, it was a layover in Germany on our way back home from Italy. And by the time we got to Germany and off the plane, I had an issue with some severe swelling in my feet and in my lower legs. So to get off the plane and to actually walk that off, get my circulation going, was extremely helpful. And I don't know what I would have done, actually because the edema was getting so bad it was painful Mm. i would have had to get up and walk around the plane i guess but so those type of things help especially for those of us that are a little bit older some people have circulation issues so it might help to get up and get off the plane walk to the next plane and get the circulation going Next, let's move on to passports. So if you're a citizen of the United States, you can enter Italy and stay up to 90 days without a visa within a 180-day period. And you have to have six months of validity on your passport at minimum. So I think it's always a good time to take a peek at your passport. One, make sure you have one. And secondly, know when it expires. And if you find yourself needing to either get a passport or renew your passport, just know that these days it is taking longer to process those passport updates and passport applications. So wherever it is that you may be planning to go where a passport is needed, do give yourself extra time for that these days. A few points about getting around Italy. So when we went, we relied 100% on public transportation. And for us, it was buses and trains. And a lot of walking. A ton of walking. A ton of walking. Yeah. So much so that I had an issue on the first day. Remember that? I can't forget it because it was our first day. It was the end of the day. 
and I don't know what on earth happened to your legs, but they were turning all kinds of every shade of red you can imagine appeared on your legs. And no, you that were- was that was because I was wearing. Now this is kind of a, a good tip. I was wearing pants that I had never worn before. They had come from the dry cleaners, and I think the chemicals from the dry cleaners was reacting with my skin. Yeah, big and time. it was a horrible, horrible experience. I think I almost passed out at one point. Yeah, I mean, it got so bad that end of day one, I was actually wondering, were we able to do anything the following days? Because, I mean, you had such a bad reaction. But I guess, you know, one of the tips is, you know, plan for your walking clothes to be comfortable and to be something that you've worn before, because otherwise something like what you experienced could happen to somebody else. Yeah, and I did plan for the next day. I did have a a long dress or skirt I forget which what it was so that saved me because mm-hmm. I was able to just cover up my legs let them breathe under this skirt and it healed pretty quickly I think yeah so I think you know a general rule of thumb on traveling is traveling within a city at least you know the bigger cities buses will get you around taxis are probably also an option we did not use that if you're traveling between cities, especially the major cities, I mean, we found hopping on a train to be extremely easy and the way that towns are laid out in Italy and so much of Europe, it's so different than Los Angeles. You come to Los Angeles and I mean, this is car country. I mean, without a car, you can't really get from point A to point B very easily. Whereas in a place like Italy, once you get into Rome, you can hop on a bus, you can hop on their subway or their local trains and get from, from the Colosseum to the Vatican or any other attraction, I mean, very, very easily. The train system in Italy is super modern. It's super efficient. You've got high-speed trains. We ended up taking a high-speed train from Rome to Venice, got there in really oh, nice time. Yeah, yeah, it was a wonderful way to travel. An example of how long it's going to take you to get from one place to another on a high-speed train from Rome to Venice, average time is about four hours. Rome to Florence, and we went there too, 90 minutes. And then once you get to the city, everything is so compact, and so it's easy to walk around, and you'll you get to most of the things that you'll want to see. Mm-hmm. So the one issue that came up for us when I'm thinking about the public transportation is, I think about the experience of when we first got to the central part of Rome. So, you know, we, oh, we, yeah. we arrived in Rome at the airport, from the airport, got on some bus that was going to take us to the train station mm-hmm. in Rome. Mm-hmm. And that was fairly easy to figure out, you know, how to get on that bus and get there. And then I remember we got off the bus in Rome, supposedly around the train station slash bus depot. And our next stop was going to be to find our lodging. And I had this moment of just confusion. Yeah. I knew that we were very, very close to the train station slash bus station, but we weren't dropped off like right at the front door of it. So one, we had kind of figure out exactly where we needed to go. And then we also had the issue of once we got on a bus to get to our lodging, not knowing where to get off. Yeah. And since that experience, and we've shared this on other podcasts, having on your phone 
the the place where you want to go and if you just you know follow the blue dot on your google map mm-hmm. especially if you're on a bus in a foreign country and where usually they're not going to tell you hey our next stop is this street or that street right. you just have to know where to jump off and we didn't have that access for whatever reason when we were doing that travel so i don't think we thought about it i i, I don't think it was something yeah, because th- this was like the first time we, that, well, you and I went to Ireland as a first international trip. What, a big difference there is everything is English speaking. Mm-hmm. You get to Italy and all of a sudden the comfort of English isn't as present. Mm-hmm. And the bus driver didn't speak English. Mm-hmm. So there, yeah, there was a little more confusion. Once we got to the hotel, kind of, you know, from that point forward, things became much, much easier but I would say, you know, you spend a little bit of time studying a map to know how are you going to get from point A to point B, some markers, just so when you first arrive at a place, you've got some sense of where you're at versus where it is you want to yeah, be. Yeah, and download those maps onto yeah. your phone. Yeah. So we came into Italy and we did not have any plans on, we had ideas of what we wanted to see. But we didn't book any tours and and, uh, got involved in that kind of vacationing. We did this totally on our own. Mm -hmm. Through much of what you have looked up and studied and had a very good idea what we wanted to see, getting there was a little bit different. But once we figured out the whole transportation system, it was a breeze. I prefer that type of itinerary, just doing it on our own figuring out how to get there, having that exploration on the way Mm. and seeing things that we could have missed as opposed to being with a group of people where you're directed towards one direction and one way and and you kind of have to stay with the group or you're going to get somehow lost in the background of it. And you have to be on their time schedule. Yes. Yeah. 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 So we tend to go places and we do it on our own. Yeah. And you can you can do it either way. Some people prefer to have everything laid out for them and just know, hey, I wake up from my hotel room. I'm going to be on the bus at eight o'clock and from eight to five, everything is going to be guided for me. You know, my mom mm-hmm. falls in that category mm-hmm. as, I, as I think about an example. And for you and I, we just, I think, love the exploration aspect mm-hmm. and flexibility. Right. Lodging. All kinds of options for you for lodging. The one thing that I would recommend when you are planning your lodging, and this goes back to the transportation thing, have a sense in advance of how you're going to get from where it is that you're staying to the nearest local transportation. So if you're going to be relying on the train or the subway or bus, it's helpful to know is any one of those places within walking distance of where you're staying especially if you're going to be doing this kind of travel without a car. Mm-hmm. And again, because, you know, so much of Italy you can see using public transportation, just want to make sure that, you know, it's going to be a lot easier if you know that from your hotel room to the subway stop is a three-minute walk versus some kind of 20-minute, you know, you you booked yourself a place in the suburbs and getting from your lodging to a bus stop or, or train stop is going to be an experience of its own. So you'd you have know, to rely on taxis or yeah, something to get, yeah. to get where so, you want to go. So that'd be my, my tip on the lodging. And some people that's okay. Mm-hmm. There are attractions in Italy and a lot of the big ones that you have to have tickets to get into. The Vatican is one of them. 
Yeah, so for the Vatican, I don't know if it's for everything in the Vatican. So the, the one thing that you well, and you I... Can, you can get go walk straight into the circus part of it. I mean, that's no big deal. Right. But like one of the things that you and I did, and I think many people maybe won't be interested in this, but we were interested in seeing the... Um, was like where they said they found the bones of St. Peter. Yeah, we, that that you definitely... And we got those in advance. Yeah, and that's yeah. something you've got to go through a process to get tickets for. Yeah, St. Peter's tomb. Yeah, so yeah. if you're interested in something like that, that, that you're not going to be able to walk up the day of and say, hey, I want to do this. No, because even probably on the off seasons, that's something that there's a limited amount of people that can go through, mm-hmm. and it's probably booked way in advance. Right. The other thing that we, uh, when we went to Florence, uh, we wanted to see David's statue, but we had no tickets. And that was something, again, you can get tickets in advance to go into the um, Academia Gallery for David's statue. Yeah, that line was so ridiculously long. There was a long. line. It was so long. We yeah. just looked at it and we just went, no, yeah. I don't think so. Because <laughs> so. <laughs> we had other things on the agenda too. Mm-hmm. So it was just, we knew we would spend like half a day there just waiting in line. Yeah. The other thing, and we ran into an issue with not getting into this place too, was the Via Borghese. That is again, tickets in advance. Yeah. And we didn't think about doing that. Yeah. So in our whole 10 days, those were the only two places for which we thought we were going to get into that we couldn't because we yeah. didn't have tickets, but everything else yeah. we were able to get into. Yeah, I was so thankful we had tickets for St. Peter's Tomb. That was quite an experience. Mm-hmm. Additional resources you may want to think about for planning a trip. I always find it helpful to go on TripAdvisor and you know do um, a review of you know what are the top attractions in whatever cities it is that we're going to visit. And then read some of the the recent reviews just to see what people are commenting on because there may be something going on relative to wait times. It could be tickets. It could be different hours, especially in this COVID era that we're in. Being able to assess what's the experience like today that other travelers are going through is useful. And for visiting a place like Italy, we found it helpful to have a travel book. So we'll have a link on the show notes to the book that we used. Mm -hmm. But that's another way you can kind of flip through the pages. And if you're going with somebody, I mean, you and I would spend some time on that to decide, hey, we want to see this, this, and that in Rome and this, this, and this other thing in Venice. Yeah, we did that in several things with Poland and Wales and England, all those things we had travel books that we referred to. So we don't buy a lot of books anymore these days because so much of what we're looking for is online. But for these big trips, we found those helpful. Mm Mm-hmm. You mentioned the language and how that may be an impediment um, if you're trying to get answers for uh, your questions. We found, as you said, in Ireland, it was not a problem because English is their language. But in Italy, Italian obviously is their language. But we found that almost everywhere we went, there was people that did speak English. So we didn't have a huge difficulty yeah, especially in the big cities. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't have huge difficulty with the language there because you could always find somebody that spoke English. Yeah. And I don't know where it was that I spent some time, but I know before our trip and or maybe at the time of our trip, I spent some time on Duolingo, but I ended up getting like a very, very small working vocabulary that did come in handy a couple of times. Well, it came in handy at the monastery. 
Yes. You know, we'll get into yeah. on a future episode, but the, the only town that we visited where it was like really being in Italy because nobody was speaking English at all was a town called Ferrara. Mm-hmm. So I think if you're going to places that are more off the beaten path, that's when reliance on hoping that the locals are going to speak the English mother tongue ain't going to happen. That's the chances are way, way, way less. Yeah. But as long as you stick to Rome, to Venice, to Florence, the locals are going to be speaking English because they're dealing on the one hand with tourists every day. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know what it is, but it seems like so many places that we've gone to in Europe, the locals there always impress me with their level of mastery of the English language compared to, I think, of young people in this country. Mm Even those of us who have had, you know, four years of Spanish or four years of whatever language, we don't seem to have, at least in, in my experience, the same kind of ability to converse in another language as Yeah, but besides Poland, we, you know, most of the places we visited is in Western Europe. So I think English is kind of mastered in those big cities in the yeah. Western European areas. Poland was a different story, but still we would always find somebody who spoke English yep. in Poland. So, And we're thankful for that. Yes. Hey, how about some fun facts on Italy? Okay, so here we go. All of Europe's three active volcanoes are in Italy. Italy has the most UNESCO heritage sites of any country on the planet. Italians consume 14 billion espressos each year. Yeah, it's a lot That's of espresso. A lot. And you can find the world's smallest country within the borders of Italy. And we've been there and we'll talk about that on another episode. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of it for today. Just to kind of set the stage for some future episodes to come where we're going to dive into Italy a little bit more. We have lots more to come. If you have questions on traveling to Italy, we have been there. So you can drop us a line and we'll answer from our experience. And when we get together next time, we'll take you through our travels in Rome, the eternal city. If you're not subscribing to us yet, take a minute to hit the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite source of podcasts and catch up on our future episodes. And we would really appreciate if you left us a review. And with that, we'll see you next time. If you have any comments or information to share with us about travel, you can write to us at comments at theplaceswherewego.com. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Instagram as The Places Where We Go. You can find us on Twitter as The Places Where One, the number one. And you can watch our travel adventures on YouTube where our channel name is The Places Where We Go. Thanks for joining us and we hope to see you at The Places Where We Go. See you next time. Bye now.